Previously on Cthulhu is Rad. If the samples are supposed to be an elemental focus and they don't have anything to attach to, then they would probably be unstable and looking for things to sort of stabilize them. Basically, like attracted to like. Like a elemental focus of water would probably be around something significant to water. I'll give Martha pets and get down on her level and ask her if she wants to go look for stuff. <laughs> She'll sort of wag her butt. <laughs> Can you show us where you came from when you met us? She'll indicate somehow that she can. <laughs> Just walks up to the forest edge and points like, there you go. I follow the dog. Follow Martha. Following Martha into the woods. Welcome to Cthulhu is Rad. Uh, say your human name, your character name, and what is their favorite scent? I'm Denise and I play Max, and Max's favorite scent is sandalwood. I am Melody, I play Susie Sanchez, and she likes dimes. <laughs> No. Wait, she can tell <laughs> tell the difference between like nickels and dimes, the smell. No, it's because it's their sense. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh uh-huh. fuck. <laughs> I'm so stupid. <laughs> I like what Harrison was implying. I hate it. Alright, she likes um uh I don't I don't know. Tea breeze. I was going to say that, but that just seems like a cop-out, because <laughs> I do that every time. But she also is Susie, so, um... Yeah, she likes the smell of the sea. Yummy fish. Simple person with simple likes, you know? You, you like what you like. Yeah. <laughs> you just called her simple. I'm a simple person. Not, not... Susie, simpleton. Susie, fucking basic. <laughs> I mean... Dang. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yes, I am. I am human, Jasmine. Um, <laughs> I play character Gwen, and her favorite scent is like a orange vanilla, a sweet but like citrusy. Ooh. Like a sherbet. Sorbet. Like a like a lemon bar or like a cake. I'm just thinking about, like, creamsicles. Yeah. But those aren't really citrusy. Yeah. I mean, like, they're orange, but are they really, like, eh, just doesn't have the tang, but it's still citrus, I guess. It's like the scent of lemon bars, like a warm, sweet, <laughs> warm? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Mm, that warm smell. <laughs> I am human Harrison, playing character Yanrith, and I'm going to say his favorite scent is Petrichor. Mm. What's that? Smell of dust after rain. Yeah, the, like, smell after it rains. Oh, yeah. 
that. That's a good one. I first learned that word from Doctor Who. Yep, we all did. It's a curse. <laughs> oh, I learned it from Tumblr. Who learned it from Doctor Who? Yeah. You're one step away. <laughs> yeah, I'm one degree of... <laughs> one degree of Petrichor. It's the name of the episode. <laughs> I am Meriwether. I am the Dungeon Master. And I'm debating if I want to be creepy. And I do. Martha likes the smell of blood. That's yummy. Valid. <laughs> nom nom. Mm. Blood. I mean, blood does smell interesting. I don't like the smell of blood <laughs> in real life. I also hate the smell of metal, but that wasn't the question. <laughs> okay, I think we just ended with you guys asking Martha to take you where she was from. Yeah. So, Martha leads you guys around to the back of Max's house to the edge of the woods. Everyone, roll me some intelligence so I can determine what each of you knows about the woods. Ah, heck. Trees. Just flat intelligence? Or like a history. It can be history if you want. I'm upset because it's my woods. I should know everything about it. (laughs) I got a ten. (laughs) Susie got a seven. Fourteen. And a four. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Yenrith doesn't know anything. <laughs> what are woods? So we're gonna start with the basic shit, which you will all get. So there's a lot of local folklore about the woods. Naturally, it's called the Enchanted Forest. Makes sense. The woods are expansive, and even though many have tried, no one has been able to like successfully map them. Ooh thus leading to many superstitions about what is inside the forest. A lot of people say that sort of basic folklore stuff like the trees move when you turn around. They do though. Others go a bit darker and say there's like a deranged group of druids that fled to the woods and now use their magic to keep people out. (laughs) Is that why I'm accepted? (laughs) Some people go as to say the forest itself is one huge living creature. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the basic stuff you get, and that's all Susie will know. Ganrith, even though you got a lower number, I'm still going to tell you what the DUA knows, which basically is nothing. Uh. The DUA has tried to do research on it for years and can't figure it out. Just trees, you know? <laughs> In fact, the forest is one of the main reasons the DUA came and set up a base in Everton. Because there were several powerful sonic and magical readings that originated from the forest, but no one has been able to like get in or figure it out. And yeah, so there's some more stuff that's like research, but you aren't part of that division, so it's mostly the scientists. We might have known it if I had rolled higher. You may have. <laughs> we're gonna do Max last because he's a whole separate category. <laughs> Gwen as one of the former scientists, even though you were more biological than magical research, you know, your co-workers were the other scientists, so you've heard some more stuff about their research. One working theory was sort of one of the standard DUA-style thing, that Nasoth, the enemy country, was doing something in the forest to spy on Argamont. However, you personally didn't think that theory held much water, because no one is quite sure why 
Nasoth would be using the forest to do that or how. So a lot of your coworkers would be like, I'm pretty sure it's this. And you would just like nod your head and like skeptically look at them like, "Uh uh-huh, sure, buddy. Sure, Jeff. Interesting theory, but... Interesting theory. No. No, (laughs) probably not. The Nassau theory is still pretty present, but since the DUA has never successfully made it to the center of the forest, where the signals seem to be originating, scientists and agents just, they don't know. They go in, and some of them come back out, and others, not so much. Ah. Yeah, so you did not envy the people working on that project. Mm-hmm. Max, after what happened with your mom, that's around when you started spending a lot of time in the forest, just sort of to blow off steam. Yeah. And whereas other people found the forest intimidating or scary, it's sort of always been a welcoming and safe place for you to wander in and explore, even as a child. Some weird things have happened, but... You were there from a young age, so I don't imagine you thought much of those things. I got a cool stick, so, like, that's done me good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some weird things happen. Did Max notice? Eh, who knows? (laughs) Questionable. They were normal to him. (laughs) (laughs) Usually you would frolic through the forest until you would find yourself at the edge again. Maybe through use of a cool stick. (laughs) Sometimes you would find yourself back out within a few minutes, and sometimes it would be hours. One time it was even a day or two that you were just wandering in the forest. Uh-oh. Poor dad. <laughs> even though some people would probably find the situation concerning, you just sort of felt like you were fine. Like, it was the woods, you know? You just frolicked. Had a good time. Didn't matter much to you. No harm would come to Max. Yep. Just the woods, you know. I loved the theory of, like, some people say that the trees move when you turn around, and my brain went, or you could just talk to them and they move right in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) The forest likes him. (laughs) Okay, now, roll perception as you stand at the edge of the forest. I perceive forest. I like to perceive. 18 total. 23. 16. Another seven. (laughs) Okay. I just like to see things sometimes. (laughs) I'm in my element and I see all things. (laughs) Max, as you stand at the end of the forest, you're about to walk in when something catches your eye. The sun is reflecting back off something that is shiny on the ground. Uh, I'm going to instantly go and pick it up. It is... A small, roughly nickel-sized pin, and there is a little logo on it that seems familiar to you, but I'm not quite sure if you would recognize it. I was just gonna be like, Yogi Ganrith, look at this! (laughs) It is the same sort of pin you saw on the people down in the shrine. Uh, the slumbering senate? The sleeping senate, yeah. Sleeping senate? Okay. Would that suggest that somebody got eaten? I hope the forest ate somebody from the sleeping senate. Not necessarily. I hope so. Probably just lost in the forest or something. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even necessarily mean that one of them was here. It means that somebody who had contact with them was here. 
Okay, so I found the thing, told Yanrith, we know what it is. We proceed? You guys can? Let us proceed into the woods. I follow Martha. Yeah, lead on, Martha. (laughs) You cross the border into the trees, and it feels different. Ooh. (laughs) The air is electric with sounds of the forest, the wind, the distant birds and frogs, a babbling brook, sort of basic forest sounds. It's almost picturesque in many ways, but there's a palpable vibe that surrounds you. It feels like a sparkly fuzz, bright but hazy. However, as you walk deeper into the thicket of the tall, looming trees, that sort of feeling doesn't quite match the dark and daunting visuals of the forest itself. Now, out of curiosity, based on what happened just before walking into the forest, does this feel off to Max? Should I roll to determine that? Yeah, roll me an insight. Fifteen. Max, you've been here a whole bunch of times, and you know how the woods feel and sound, and it's a little off, although not completely unfamiliar. So I've I've felt it before, but it's just not a normal feeling. Like, it doesn't usually have that feeling, but sometimes it does. Yeah. Okay. Harrison has a Yanrith question. Does this feel like the transplanted Feywild we found underground not long ago? I'm going to say kind of. Kind of. Okay. The woods are just having an off day. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, you're just following Martha, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Follow the baby. You guys are walking deeper into the forest and the world around you starts to get darker. You hear a rapid rustling of the leaves, but you feel no breeze. Hmm. And you are suddenly very aware of the fact that you're not sure which direction you came from as the trees seem to close in around you. Martha walks fairly confidently with a strong sense of purpose, but then she, like, pauses and like she doesn't really have a nose but sort of sniffs the air and then she walks over to one of the trees and starts giving it a solid sniff down then she in a weird sort of way barks at it and then sort of goes to sniff another tree repeating this at the surrounding trees can i inspect the trees yeah i don't what i need to roll You could roll, like, an investigation? Sure, I'll do that. Eleven. Are you just walking up to get, like, a close look, or...? I I want to inspect the trees. Like, I want to look at it and see if maybe I can determine what she might be noticing, what she might be smelling, or what have you. Like, if there's something physical, or if it's something that I can't see. Right. You get closer to the tree, and from a distance... Well, not super a distance, but, you know, unless you're, like, super close to it, it looks like bark, but then you get up and it looks more slimy? Like it's got sap on it kind of thing, or? Maybe. You would have to touch it, I guess, to know if it's sap. I'll touch it. I'll touch it and smell it. Okay. It's, like, slick. It's not sticky, 
but as you touch it, the branches start to sway. At first, you know, it's like a normal tree sort of thing, but then it quickly becomes more rapid, swaying more freely than any branch could, and the illusion then breaks and multiple trees around you mutate and shift into familiar creatures, albeit larger versions. Exciting! Friends! You guys are surrounded by not-so-happy-looking Dark Young. Uh-oh. Hello, friends. <laughs> How many? That is a very reasonable question that other DMs would have thought of ahead of time. <laughs> Six. Six of them. Are they roughly the same size as Martha or larger? They are bigger. So, like, full-sized? Yes. Definitely bigger than Max. Yes. <laughs> Considering the fact that Martha is already Great Dane size. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say we're surrounded by them? Yeah. Uh, Max is just going to sit on the ground and put his hands up. <laughs> Do you have any brownies left? No, the brownies are at home. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one time Max leaves the brownies at home. <laughs> okay, Max is sitting on the ground. What are the rest of you doing? I do not want these to eat us. <laughs> I have a thing called Spirit Seeker. I can cast Beast Sense and speak with animals. Oh, that's an extra thing that I could do. I'll, I'll let this play out first, but I just realized something else. It is a spell, so I've never cast a spell outside of a fight before. So how does that work? You can just do it. Just do it. Okay. You'll then need to roll wild magic. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh no, um, B-Sense is different. I have speak with animals. That's what I'm using right here. You gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration. The knowledge and awareness of the beasts is limited to their intelligence. I basically want to say, like, we come in peace. What am I rolling then? Roll a d20. All right. I got a 10. Okay, you're good. Cool. What are you saying to him? I'm just like, hello. Um, we come in peace. Uh, please don't attack us. You're the only one that can hear them talking, right? I think so. As far as understanding, yes, probably. Yeah. I gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate, but it, it's just me. Okay. Let's say that they don't necessarily communicate with words, but you're going to understand them, so I'm just sort of going to give you the gist of what the meaning you sort of just understand. Okay. You have one of their young, and you are trespassing in their forest. They don't trust you, and kind of want their kid back. Okay. Um, we didn't steal... Martha, or you're young, she's just kind of been hanging with us, and um, I'm sorry that we're trespassing. We wanted to see where she came from. Roll me persuasion, I guess? I got a 12. They will tentatively back off? Okay. That's a good start. Do they say anything else, or... No, they're just sort of watching you now. Okay. As you stand at sort of an impasse with the dark young, the forest around you sort of goes still, 
and you guys hear the sound of a panpipe in the distance. Hmm. The Dark Young stops staring at you for a moment and turn to look in the direction that the sound is coming from as it grows louder. The leaves rustle, but this time the rustling is accompanied by a breeze and the music starts to fade as a figure drops down from the treetops. Peter Pan. <laughs> Can I roll stealth? Sure. Nat 20 plus 9. Shit. Jesus Christ, man. Calm down. He doesn't need to be invisible. <laughs> um, do the rest of you want to roll perception? Yeah, I'll roll perception. Yeah. I guess Yanris can also roll perception. He's just hidden. Nope, you can be hidden or you can perceive. Shit. Max is gonna say hello before even looking at anything for stuff. <laughs> Got a nine. Sixteen. Twenty-one total. Uh, nineteen. Before you is a satyr, which, if anyone doesn't know, is half man, half goat. <laughs> a friend. <laughs> Everything about him is dark. His fur, his skin, his horns, and in the dim lighting of the forest, most of you can't make out any features at all. Those of you that got higher roll switches, everyone but Susie, can see a panpipe nestled in his hand some bottles attached to a belt that is around his hips and the most obvious thing that I guess Susie can get to is his glowing yellow eyes. He's Satan Seder. Are you talking a dark pan? What? He's going to glance around the circle of dark young and without any sound being uttered, all of them back up several feet and bow. Susie waves. Hello there! Max is going to stand up now and face him. He already said hi, so. Why, hello there. I am the Black Goat, as some call me. How the heck are ya? I'm good. Pretty good. Are these your dogs? He's going to sort of, like, tilt his head. Well, they're not dogs. But I guess in a sense they're mine? You can say I'm dog-sitting. They're not dogs, but I guess you could say I'm dog-sitting. Hmm. Cool. We have one kind of too. Her name is Martha. She's the small one over here. She followed us. We found her in the forest um, a while back. And she's just kind of been hanging out with us. She adopted us. Yeah. He's going to sort of kneel in front of Martha and, although she has no eyes, stare at her intently. And she's going to sort of just sit down and he's going to stand up and be like, she's a good one. I know, right? She's great. She's perfect. Yeah. Yanrith, can you roll me a history? Yes. Hell yeah. Nat 20 plus 2. So, the DUA doesn't know shit about any figure called the Black Goat, but as has been established, they have very limited knowledge about the forest. Yeah. They know that a lot of weird creatures are in here, but not about any sort of seemingly mythical figure called the Black Goat. Gotcha. However, even though you don't recognize the title of the Black Goat, this guy seems sort of familiar. He reminds you of a sort of fey folk. Hero isn't the best term, but you know, like a almost Paul Bunyan. Legend? Yeah, legend. That's a good one. 
vaguely Robin Hood-esque, but a fairy version, so a bit more nefarious. Mm-hmm. The tale goes that he was a powerful archfey. Okay, yeah. Known as Pan. Yep. He was an archfey for one of the highest nobility under the Summer Queen. Okay. Some versions of the tale say he was sort of a prince, but either way, he had some sort of falling out and renounced the queen, which in theory would have lost him all of his powerful magics. However, he retained them and ran off. The story goes that he hops from dimension to dimension, playing tricks on mortals and granting powers to others, bolstering his magic to mythical even by elven standards. Okay, gotcha. Can I ask something that may or may not have been considered, but I'm curious about? Yes. Max has spent a lot of time in these woods. The woods are fairly familiar with Max, right? Right. Also, because of living there, growing up there, all of that, how familiar would Max be of this character, be it mythical or not, And then, is he familiar with Max? Like, has he seen Max and watched over Max? Roll a history? (laughs) Four. (laughs) You don't recognize him, but something about his voice, like, you're not sure if you recognize his voice specifically, or if you're thinking of somebody else's voice that his voice reminds you of. There's just an odd sense of familiarity. Yes. Okay. He is going to say, Oh, hello, Max. You know me? Yeah, I know everything about the forest. Also, I knew your mom. (gasps) You knew my mom? Yeah, she spent some time here. That's not really the point now, but, you know, I watched over you as a kid. So cool. (laughs) Can I ask what you are doing here? Well, we had this weird interaction with some weird people that are we're pretty sure were trying to kill us. And they had this weird spell where they had, like, rings in little areas on the ground that were part of different, like, elements. And Martha here, she lost a chunk of her skin, and we found one for one of the other people. So we thought maybe we might be able to come to the forest and find Martha's chunk of skin, if that makes sense. He's going to sort of nod, but in not necessarily... Confused nod. <laughs> Respectively nod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the nod that people give when you're like, and they're like, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. We've had a weird couple days. We were following her into the forest. We told her to lead us to where she thinks it might be, and so far this is as far as we've gotten. I see. Well, there are... Many things that lay here in the forest. Are any of those things flesh? He's <laughs> <laughs> um, gonna leap up into the tree and like press his ear against it. I believe what you seek may be here, but your journey to it may not be easy. Each tree is living and each tree knows and breathes and thinks. You guys need a certain tree. One of grave importance. One that everyone knows, but no one can find. One that changes in relation to you, but never moves. A lovely lady lives inside, and she has something extra. 
And with that, he's gonna sort of bounce away and you hear the panpipe playing again. Were, were we just riddled? You were just riddled. Oh. Oh no, a puzzle. I wrote a riddle. This whole experience is a riddle. We're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> This episode was produced and edited by Meriwether Minix. The intro and outro were composed by Jasmine Blackman. Sound design by Melody Berkabile and Harrison Minix. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Cthulhu is Rad, all one word. And on Instagram at Cthulhu underscore is underscore rad. Or email us at CthulhuIsRad at gmail.com. You can find us on any podcast app. We would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating, review, or even just tell a friend. Thank you for listening.